It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Marcus Johansson has returned to the Minnesota Wild after they trade with Washington. We'll discuss the fit and what it means for the rest of the deadline today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Lockdown Wild on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we break down the Marcus Johansson trade as Johansson is returning to the Minnesota Wild after a trade with Minnesota from the Washington Capitals. We'll talk about the fit. We'll talk about the likelihood that this means another trade happens between now and the deadline. A lot to get into here on today's episode. My name is Seth Topal, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. Marcus Johansson is back. So when I said that the Wilds, and more specifically Bill Guerin, had something probably cooking in the behind the scenes that nobody else was really in on that we weren't going to see coming, this isn't exactly what I had in mind. And it is puzzling for a few reasons. Number one being, we already saw the Marcus Johansson experience play out a couple of seasons ago when he was here, um, acquired then in a trade that sent Eric Stahl to Buffalo. We already saw how that played out. He's a player that has speed, but he doesn't... uh, He doesn't bring you a lot. He is basically the, and ironic that this is the comparison that I'm making, he is a little more skilled offensively than, say, Jordan Greenway, but um, not really a player that uses any measure of physicality. And just, it didn't seem like a really solid fit here the last time. Um, he was acquired by the Wild. And so he went elsewhere. He went to Washington for a couple of seasons. In addition to that, uh, also was with Seattle. And he comes back here, and it's ironic that his numbers actually put him near the top of the list uh, or upper half for goals by a player at 13. So it's not it's not as though it sets a high bar for Marcus Johansson coming in, but... I, I'm of the belief that this trade by itself, just in a vacuum, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because I don't necessarily know if he is more capable of bringing you what, um, what you need, which is somebody to play on the line with Matt Boldy and Jewel Eriksson-Eck. Now, I will say 
He definitely has more of an offensive pedigree than several members of this team's current backlog of bottom six guys. So that part of it makes some sense to me, is that he's a guy who has actual offensive acumen to his game. Now, the numbers have really been sporadic all the way going back to um, 2016-2017. Capped out there at 24 goals, and since then it's been injuries, and it has been just a guy who has not played a ton of NHL games. Now this year, 13 goals, 15 assists. He has four power play goals on the season. He's got one shorthanded goal. And so a guy who a guy who can add a um, an element of scoring now not great production numbers, but it has to be the start of some other moves that are coming from this team. And uh, you'll excuse me if I keep looking down. It's because there's been a lot of action that has uh, gone on today. And it, it just it just seems like this is a move that was made with the assumption that somebody else is going to be moved off the roster. Real small, inexpensive cap hit for Johansson. Um, And so that's not a problem. The pick being sent to Washington is a 2024 third-round pick. So I would rather have kept that pick, I guess. But the Corsi numbers, too. And so this is, I think, where the looking at the numbers comes from. Um, Johansson's Corsi 4 is 57.3%, which would be near the top of the list for wild players. And so that coupled with just the, the inability for this team, having too many guys that just don't bring that offensive acumen, um, for a guy who is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. So it's not like we took on some additional term beyond this year. I guess I'm trying to kind of talk myself into it while also being of the mind that I got to see something else because this by itself is not uh is not something I probably would have done. Then again, I'm not the uh I'm not the general manager. So there's a lot of things that I would do that probably don't work. But you're getting a guy who can help in a lower role with scoring. The things that concern me, though, is let's look at the numbers by game. And so, yeah, you've got those 13 goals um, on the season so far for Johansson, but his game log is all over the place. Uh, He has, so far in the month of February, one point. He has not scored a goal since January 26th. He has two goals since January 14th. And three goals, and I hope this is an accurate, 
three goals in the month of, in the uh, year 2023. So you're bringing a guy in who, yes, there is a familiarity level with the organization, with the fact that he was here previously. But if you're gonna bring a, if you're gonna bring somebody in, you want to bring somebody in who's trending in the right direction. And three goals so far in 2023, none of which this calendar month, that's concerning. Because if this does end up being the only move, then it's really no different than what you were using on the line with Boldy and Erickson Eck. He's a guy who just is struggling to put the puck in the back of the net. So I... I'm going to view this with the caveat that another move is coming. Another move is going to happen to move somebody off of the roster. And so we will continue today's episode by looking at potential for who that could be and what else the Wild may be up to here as the trade deadline draws ever closer We'll talk about all that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? You've got to give Built Bar a try. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. And they come in some unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Not sure how Built Bar manages to continue to do it, but these built Bars are the best they've ever been, only containing 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, while also packing in a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, best of all, you don't have to wait for your built Bars. You can head to your nearest Sam's Club or Walmart to buy yourself a box of built Bars today. If you don't have one handy, then you can always use the tried-and-true method of heading to built.com and uh, ordering a box for yourself to get your snacking started. Regardless of what you do, make sure that you head to BuiltBar.com today to grab yourself some amazing Built Bars and enjoying your snacking. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Continuing today's episode of Locked On Wild, once again, thanks for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. A reminder that coming up on Friday, the trade deadline is here. And the Locked On NHL YouTube channel will have a live show from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern as the Locked On NHL hosts break down the biggest deals from across the league. All part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Marcus Johansson in. Not, uh, Not sure about this one as it stands right now. But let's go with the assumption that it means that somebody is being moved off the roster. So if we were to assume that Jordan Greenway gets moved and Johansson is able to take that spot, that makes a little more palatable. 
as a cheap contract to come in and uh, and take a spot on that third line. But here's the other thing about that is that then you have Marcus Felino likely until a bigger move is done, likely continuing to play on that second line. And we talked about it at length earlier today, just not doing what needs to be done production-wise to help out Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson Eck. That line just is not working with Felino on there. It's almost a 10% drop in expected goals for percentage, which is not something a team struggling this much to score can afford to have on the ice, especially when you're talking about your second line that you're hoping to have put some pressure on the opponent so that Kirill Kaprizov doesn't have to do the whole thing himself. It's just, it's not a margin that this team can afford to have at this point. And so I wonder, even while we hypothesize the potential for a player like Jordan Greenway to be on the way out, you've still got a couple of other things that you've got to do because to get Johansson on the roster, you can do it right now, but when Jonas Brodeen returns, you're going to have to send somebody down. Now, at that point, it probably makes sense to send Dakota Mermis down, although I would like to see more of Dakota Mermis even when Jonas Brodeen returns. And so then offensively, who ends up being either waived or sent down? There's been talk about waiving Sam Steele, who's been scratched for seven straight games, and yet the team has not done it. It has not to this point happened, and so I worry about a player like Mason Shaw then becoming the send-down player when you have a guy like Sam Steele who is just sitting on the roster at this point. The amount of things that are being done from a roster standpoint starts to get a little head-scratchy the more these types of things happen. And so... Let's just assume that you end up not waving Sam Steele. Then, yeah, Mason Shaw is going to probably end up getting sent down, and that's not fair to him. It's just, it's a team still, even with this move, that has too many of those guys that profile as bottom six guys or middle six, but not able to be really a true top two lines guy. There just are too many of those guys that are currently on this roster, and so we're we're in this awkward transition point, as we've talked about a lot this season. You're in this awkward transition point where you're starting to get things fleshed out for your top six, but then the bottom six is just a ton of guys, and you only have... X amount of roster spots to fill, and they're all filled up by those types of guys. So I would like to think that moving one or two of those guys off the roster would help just clear some things up, allow the dust to settle. Because here, here's one of the things that I've noticed from the trade deadline so far 
is that teams are adding defensemen like crazy in the East. Toronto now has nine defensemen on the roster, so they're going to have to do some things. It would be, I think, wise for the Wilds if they could. So here's, here's an intriguing scenario. Because the Pittsburgh Penguins have been linked to the Vancouver Canucks for a potential Brock Besser trade. Seems like that's gained some steam over the last couple of days. Pittsburgh, though, doesn't have enough room to get that going. And so they are having to look at some moves to try to free up some space to allow them to take on the likes of Brock Besser as the Eastern Conference just continues to uh, stockpile talent. And so if you are the Minnesota Wild, I don't know if this is something that they would do, but let's say the Penguins are serious about Brock Besser. And you want to get a guy who, well... If we're going to go with the, um, if we're going to go with the theme of players that used to play here, what about going and getting a guy who you know can score some goals and could give you some top six production that's been here before? And I don't think this will happen because it doesn't seem like it was floated by Michael Russo. And I thought it was interesting, so I'm bringing it up here. What about Jason Zucker? He could be a top six guy, second line guy, slot in next to Matt Boldy, play with Jewel Erickson Eck, brings offense. The injuries are a concern, yes, but he is an impending free agent, so you're not having to worry about fitting him on the books beyond this season. I would have rather seen the Wild get involved in that way, on the trade deadline. If you have all these Eastern Conference teams that are trying to facilitate trades, trying to move money, trying to get rid of expiring contracts, take advantage of that opportunity. And it's not to say that they won't. We still have a few days before the deadline. So trying not to get too far ahead of the... um, Try not to get too far ahead of the cart here with a couple of days to still get things done. But if you're going to add, perfect opportunity to take advantage of that is to take advantage of a cap-strapped team who is going to have to make a tough choice on somebody to get rid of in order to pull in a contract the likes of Brock Besser. As opposed to just going out and grabbing a guy no questions asked. So I, I I don't know. I really have no idea now after what happened with Tanner Janot and with this trade. I really have no idea how the trade deadline plays out for the Wild. We're just going to have to wait and see. And um, we'll react accordingly depending on what happens or what doesn't. But... It just it feels like there would have been a better way to do this. That's all I'm saying. 
is there would have been a better way to do this or a move that made sense maybe first? Because another point to consider, I don't know that the Wild would have been bidding against anybody for Marcus Johansson. So if you were worried about him getting gobbled up by some other team while you work out the other part to this, I think this could have waited till Friday. I don't know. It's it's a move, but just having a little bit of a hard time talking myself into it despite my best efforts here today. And so we will look at, we'll just kind of review with what the Wild have on the table and uh, what they could have on the table between now and Friday. We'll talk about that as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Our next partner has a product that I use every single day of the week. I started taking AG1 because it really helps you simplify your vitamin and supplement routine. All it takes is one delicious scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Best of all, Athletic Greens is lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is head to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked On Wild. Once again, thanks for making Locked On Wild your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, make sure you check back on either our full episode today or our pregame preview for tonight's game against the New York Islanders, both of which can be found on your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. Looking as though the Brock Besser to Pittsburgh talks are really starting to heat up. So, sorry to say... I think that dream is officially dead. What do the Wild have on the table for players? Well, we know Jordan Greenway has been floated. And with the flurry of activity over the last 48 hours, I am pretty comfortable with the fact that I think it's better than 50-50 that he gets moved by the deadline. Russo has had the sentiment for a long time that Greenway is probably not long for this roster, whether it be the draft or the deadline. 
I think the Johansson move probably helps move it a little further towards the being traded route, at least I hope. And so I think Greenway is probably the most likely to be moved. Matt Dumba's gone back and forth. Um, Garen is, I think, leaving lines open is probably the best way to put it for a potential Matt Dumba trade, but is not actively looking to move him. And so it is interesting that after all of the um, all the trade steam, all of the rumors that Dumba has endured over the his entire wild tenure, that it seems likeliest in his last year that he's going to endure them again and uh, not end up traded. But again, a lot can happen between now and Friday. Somebody has a defenseman that gets hurt. Somebody else out east tries to make a big move to answer what everybody else has done. A lot can happen, but I'll, I'll put it probably under 50% that Dumba gets moved. Bill Guerin has been pretty adamant that none of his top prospects or top draft picks are going to get dealt, so I'm putting those into the not being moved category. And the other interesting one, there was a little bit of steam around this at points, and it looked like it was more so um, gaining traction while he was scratched. I don't think Kalen Addison's on the block um, now that he's come back and has looked. And this is funny, too, because he he looked pretty much exactly the same um, that he did before he was scratched, that being... Kalen Addison. And so it appears as though he has got the message um, and continues to continues to do his thing. The interesting ones that I'm watching, Alex Goligoski, for one, because veteran back-end guy, unless you're Toronto, a seventh defenseman, they have nine right now. So maybe a team says, all right, we'll take the flyers on a guy, a flyer on a guy who is a defensive defenseman. He is up there in age, but we're not going to play him a ton just purely as some insurance. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, I know one that has been mentioned, Ryan Hartman. I'm I'm putting him back in the um uh, safe category with what we've seen over the last 10, 11 games since he got moved back up to the top line. He's looked like the Ryan Hartman of last year. Now, the production's nowhere near. The penalties were super frustrating to start the season. But the best way to evaluate Hartman is to see what he does the rest of the way. And if he continues to, as he has, mostly avoid penalties... And just shoot the puck on that top line. He's been fine. So I'm moving him out of the trade category. And then the other big one to keep an eye on between now and the deadline. I don't know that it happens, but it is, with his recent performance, worth watching. Marcus Foligno. Because it just feels like he, as we talked about earlier today, just doesn't feel like he really has a spot in the lineup right now. And so you either... Just have to hope that he is going to figure it out. Or you have to maybe try to find somewhere to uh, 
send him for a change of scenery. It would be it would have some bad optics to have your two alternate captains leave in the same season, but there are plenty of guys in that locker room that would be able to fill those spots um, as alternate captains. So I'm not super worried about that. I am worried about the on-ice production. So there are plenty of guys that could be talked about. And the other thing, too, is Bill Guerin is wise, I think, to not completely shut the door on any of these players because as teams get desperate towards the actual deadline, there will be some things discussed that weren't really anticipated um, in the lead-up to this week. So just keep the options open, and trust me, if Marcus Johansson's the only addition um, this week, we're going to have plenty of time for head-scratching. And so I will just wait and see where he gets slotted in and go from there, but... It's, it's been an interesting deadline start for the Minnesota Wild here, to say the least. We'll see how things go as the rest of the week unfolds. That will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure you check out Game to Game for the NHL. Available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Game to Game takes a look at all of the biggest games throughout the NHL with insights from our Locked on experts. You can find Game to Game wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just like Locked on Wild, so make sure that you stay up to date with us as we near the trade deadline. We'll have a big trade deadline roundtable for you coming up on Thursday talking about this and whatever other moves the Wild make between now and then. So make sure to tune in for that as well as other content throughout the week. We are keeping you up to date with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.